Hello, mama. Morning. <laughs> I have to throw that in there every now and then. So excited to be here with you today. As always, I hope you're having an amazing day over in Southern California. It's going to be like a high of 80 today and the sun is shining. There's beautiful green leaves outside my window and I, um, it's just beautiful. I got to go on a walk earlier. Like I'm feeling good. So I hope wherever you are, it's nice too. Hey, I love the snow. I know it's when you're in the middle of winter and it's snow day after snow day after snow day, it doesn't feel as lovely. I get that. I grew up in Colorado, so I hear you. Um, but I'm, yeah, grateful for this weather. God is good. And I, I'm glad I got to, um, get out in the, in the air today. It doesn't always happen. So so cool. I'm glad to be here with you. I'm really excited to share today. You know, we're continuing our series on teaching your kids. And while I am no parenting expert, that's truly why I'm not here. Like when, when my tagline says parent with purpose, it really, what I mean by that is, uh, to help heal yourself, help, help you go through a process where you can understand what you're feeling, what you're doing, how you're acting destructively, because we all have those things. We all do those things. And it's not just the big stuff. A lot of times it's the small stuff. And so when we learn to, uh, heal ourselves, when we learn to, to change our behavior and our patterns in our brain and our behavior and our relationships, they all go hand in hand, obviously. Um, then we become better parents. Like, yes, we, we, a lot of times we need like specific techniques to use with our kids. And I'm sure I'll bring some more guests on here at some point to talk about that, but that's, that's not what I'm here for. I'm really here to help you heal. To, but this series, we're kind of just touching on some things that God has put on my heart uh, to, of what to teach my kids, of things that he has shown me, things I've read in the Bible, things that other people have taught me. And today, I mean, we're kind of going a little bit into a parenting technique, not not full on, like we're not getting to, uh, you know, the discipline and all of that. But it's something that because of my training, because of who I am and uh, really what I share and hear with you, I hear things differently as a parent. I uh, pick up on different things than the normal person might not pick up on. And so I'm excited to share with you how you can do this too with your kids and just help them um, get some more insight into what is going on in those little brains of theirs and their little bodies. So I'm really excited for this. I just want to say if you are not yet in our Facebook group before we jump in, make sure you hop in there. It's such a great community of women supporting each other and uh, just sharing their struggles and uh, being real. And it's just such a cool spot. So make sure you hop in. I also just love getting to see your face and learn your story. It's incredible. You can find it at bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Morning Mama Facebook group. If anyone, by the way, is confused, I guess people have been going to the wrong group because I changed the name of the group. It's no longer Morning Mama Collective. It's I don't even remember what it's called, like Christian parenting and mental health support, sisterhood, something I should know. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's what it's called. So if you get confused, you're probably in the right place. Go to the link. It's in the show notes. It might be easier. Uh, I would love to see you over there. Hear your story. Such a blessing to me and just such a, an encouragement to me to keep going because I know there's real people who are listening and are ready to implement this stuff in their life. So thank you for doing that. Excited to see you there and let's jump in. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. 
Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. Right. So excited to share with you today, Mama. And I think I'm so excited because this is like a big part of my heartbeat is uh, this restoration theory and how I see the world through this lens. And so, yeah, if you've heard me talk about restoration theory, you know how passionate I am. If you haven't heard, I highly recommend you go and listen to, I think it's episodes 15 through 20. Um, Go and listen to those and you will understand the context for what I'm talking about. And if you want to dive deeper, make sure you hop into the next round of our academy because it's all, that's what we're doing there is we're helping you form your pain and your peace cycles so that you can understand what's going on, heal your wounds from the past, or at least understand them and begin that healing process and stop perpetuating those cycles in your marriage, with your kids, with your family, everyone. Um, cause those, those cycles show up in all of our relationships. And so that's what we're doing. If you want to go deeper, you can get on the wait list for the next round. Uh, more details will be released eventually. <laughs> I don't know timeline yet, um, but it's been so amazing this first round of it. So I, yeah, highly recommend you jumping in. You can just email me support at morningmama.co if you want to get on that wait list. And um, yeah, we can dive deeper into this and how to really implement it in your life. You can for sure listen to the podcast episodes and uh, try and do it on your own. And you can even hop in the Facebook group and ask questions. But there's truly something different about having someone to, to walk side by side with you and um, all of the extra content I give you about how to how to create this, how to implement it, all of those things. So that being said, today we're talking a little bit about restoration theory, um, but this was inspired because I had a moment with my son and, you know, he's three and he told me, um, I feel like no one loves me. Now, of course that that hurts and it doesn't feel good, but I actually didn't really have a typical reaction to that. Like I think most parents would kind of freak out in that moment. Um, and we'll talk about some of the different reactions you might actually have because there's a few varieties of how we respond to that. Um, but actually for me, I, um, was encouraged in a way and that sounds so strange, but the thing is this, you know, I think he felt that cause he, had done something wrong and was getting a consequence. And, you know, we were in the middle of that. And so, um, I understood the context for it. And the thing is that we all have these core feelings, these core childhood wounds, which for our kids are present wounds, right? Um, but they're, they're going to carry these same wounds. We'll probably carry with them most likely through their whole life. And they're, they're probably going to be pretty unchanging. And so for me, like I felt almost encouraged one that he felt safe enough to tell me that, like, that I'm fostering an environment where there's space that he can share that. Um, and he feels safe enough to say that now it wasn't out of a place of peace. It's not like he was communicating his needs in a, in a healthy way, but he still articulated it. And I'm, uh, I, I love that. And another part of it is just actually getting that picture of what that wound is because, you know, when I'm doing coaching or in the past, when I did therapy and I would be walking with people through their stuff, whether it's from the past or the presence, you know, it doesn't matter where we go. Um, and trying to help them identify like these core words, which are just naming like these wounds, but that name can be so powerful. And so 
I remember it was like, you know, kind of like a treasure hunt. I'm always talking about treasure hunts. I guess I love treasure hunts. <laughs> it's funny. A lot of the stories I tell my son are about treasure hunts. So it's really interesting. Like I gotta, I gotta dig into that one a little bit more. That's fascinating. Anyways, as we go through their conversations, we're wading through, you know, the content, but I'm trying to look for that key word that they might use, that key word they might use to describe what they felt about themselves or about their safety in those moments. And so when I, when I hear one of those, I like get excited because I'm like, there it is. They said it. Um, and what I'm talking about is really like naming these core feelings. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, like those, uh, kind of more secondary or third area, tertiary. How do you say that? Anyone know? Okay. Anyways, (laughs) those, those, uh, other layers of feelings like happy and sad and uh, angry and all of that. And those can be helpful, um, but really it's not getting at the core. And so in restoration theory, actually the creator of it, Dr. Terry Hargrave uh, has actually a whole list that he like has endlessly poured into to really try to identify kind of uh, all, all is, I could say all of the core feelings, like the to the core of it, not, not, you know, this happened and then that happened and then you got to happy, you know? And so, and, and not just, I guess not all the feelings, all like the, the negative feelings or the wounds. So anyways, there's a list of these and, um, I'll, I'm going to try and link them to you in the show notes, um, so that you can kind of, you know, use this to kind of educate yourself and use this with your kids. Like I'm going to describe, but anyways, once I hear someone use one of those words and I know I'm familiar with them because I've studied it so much and I'll hear them use one of the words and I'm like, that's it. There it is. They named it. You know, a lot of like, for, for example, mine are alone, out of control and inadequate. And those are like the three core feelings, core wounds that come up for me again and again in every different kind of relationship. And so you know, there's a whole list of those kind of uh, words and phrases that help us describe what that is. And so, yeah, I got really excited because there's so much power that happens in those uh, moments when we can name what's going on inside of us and actually satisfy it because happy and sad don't, you know, usually get to the, like I said, don't get to the core of it. Uh, But like when we can actually like have a language that like resonates with the depth of the pain that we feel is so powerful. And so I got excited in this moment because there it was, that's like one of his words. And I think I've heard him use this in another context as well. And so I'm starting to see this pattern. And that's, that's the cool thing is like, we can even help our kids begin to identify their, their pain cycles, even at this age. And, um, I'll have to, I don't know if I would go as far as like writing it down and and showing it to them. I don't know. I need to do more research. There's not a ton of like research, uh, and implementation with like really young kids, but right now I'm just using it as like a really cool tool to help us have good conversations. And I'll show you what, um, the four steps look like in this context too. You probably don't know what the four steps are, but, uh, some of you do, we're going to go over it. Um, but really, so all of us have these pain cycles that I'm talking about, which are our core wounds, about three of them. Uh, these are created because of violations of love or trust in our lives as we grew up because we're raised by humans. We're in a broken world. We all get wounded. Like it's inevitable. We can't escape it. And so those core wounds, um, 
then trigger our fight or flight mode because our brain can't distinguish physical pain from emotional pain and it can't tell a small conflict from a large conflict. And so the littlest thing then triggers that fight or flight response and we go into our our coping. I always like to call it destructive coping because coping uh, in our culture right now has like a very good connotation like uh, the coping you want coping skills you want these these things to use and um well that can be useful at times uh really what we're talking about here is totally different these are destructive ways that we cope these are the the things that we learned as kids to do to survive the different environments we were in uh to get through that pain because our brain doesn't like pain so it's trying to escape it um and so we're trying to yeah, escape is one of the ways it deals with it. There's a variety of, of ways. But our coping, we also have about three core ways that we cope with things again and again in, in different situations. And so those those that pain leads to those coping. And when we cope out of those destructive ways, almost always it's going to lead to more pain. Because when like, you know, examples of coping for mine, it's anger, uh, anxiety, and escape. Um, and so those are kind of like some examples of what it looks like. And so when I act out of anger, like we all know what anger does. Like that one is a very visible one. Some of these are kind of more invisible and you have to uh, go deeper to understand them. But anger, we all know that. And I know a lot of you relate to that because I've heard your stories about being feeling like an angry mom and trying to struggle through that. But these, when we act out of that anger, it's most likely going to trigger our other people's pain cycles, like our kids or our husbands or whoever. And so then they're in their pain cycle and then they begin acting out of there. So it's like this cyclical effect that doesn't end until we put a stop to it, until we understand how to um, regulate ourselves and get to a place of peace. So that's kind of a very short premises of what restoration theory is. And there's obviously a lot more that it goes into. But that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today is you know, even at like, I remember asking my professor, Dr. Terry Hargrave, who's the creator of this, which is like, God is so good to give me him as a professor. Like, he's amazing. He like, he trained with all of like the marriage and family therapists you read about in textbooks. Like he's legit. Anyways, um, I remember asking him when this formed, like when, when did that happen? And he said, you know, you know, kind of theorizing, right? We can't really exactly know, but he said probably starting around like six months, like that, that early, like little babies have pain cycles. And so our kids have these pain cycles. And so if we can begin to see things through a different lens, it's going to help them and us so much. Because think about if you heard your kids saying, I just don't feel like anyone loves me. Right. And it's already kind of a, a hard moment. They're, they're acting up. And they say that, like, how are you going to react? There's, there's most likely, if you're not careful, I mean, some people are maybe strong uh, to not get triggered by this, but a lot of us might get triggered by that, right? Our pain cycles might get triggered by their pain cycle, right? Just like I just talked about. So they're in their pain cycle. They say that and ours gets triggered. And so then we respond in probably one of four ways. We uh, blame and we're like, it's your fault. Like, why would you say that? Like, you're the one that's acting up, right? So we we can't even really hear what they're saying because we're in our pain. And so we're just jumping to like, uh, trying to get away from that pain. Because if, if we let that pain in and we're like, wow, my kid feels unloved. Oh man. And And we just see it at that. That can be extremely painful for us, right? Like we're doing everything we can to love our kids. And any, anytime we feel like we're failing, that sucks, right? Like that, 
that's the worst. And so if, if we don't see it through this, this other lens, it can so easily trigger us. And so we could blame them. We could shame ourselves. We could just go into this place where we're like, I'm such a horrible mother. Oh my gosh. I, I, this is what my kid is feeling like. I might as well give up. Like I'm horrible, right? We could get angry. We could lash out and uh, say like, uh, you know, whatever, whatever in the moment, like, why you shouldn't feel that way. I do everything for you. Right. Can anyone imagine themselves saying that? Um, or we could go to a place of escape and kind of just like even ignore that statement because it's too painful to look at. And so we just brush past it and just focus on anything else that's happening. So those are, those might be like, so those are like the four ways we usually cope kind of the categories, there's, there's more uh, specific ones underneath each category, but the kind of the categories of how we cope in these destructive ways. And so most likely that is what's going to get triggered in that moment. And really like a, th- that destructive coping really is, is sin. That's kind of like the core of what it is. It's that sin nature coming up, even though it's that fight or flight that's being engaged. It doesn't mean that we're not responsible for that. Um, and so the sooner that we can like help our kids learn to identify these things, these lies, which are kind of those core feelings, right? Those are lies. Like it's not true that I'm alone. God has said he'll never leave me or forsake me, right? And I have physical relationships in my world that will never like that are going to be there for me. I mean, they might physically leave me like by dying or whatever, but it's not the truth that I'm alone. Like I'm surrounded. And so we can go into each one of these feelings and kind of debunk them and, and come up with the truth, which is a part of restoration theory and forming your peace cycle. And so the sooner we can help our kids kind of begin seeing things through this lens and identifying these lies and really gaining power over them, the stronger that they're going to become against them. And now they're, they're always going to have their pain and coping. That's just part of being human. But when we can create uh, voices that actually speak directly into their lives, it's so powerful. And as parents, you have uh, the most powerful voice in their life. And so it is incredibly powerful when you can speak directly into that pain point. And another cool part about this too is we, we do want to, you know, use those words to, to speak into them. And that is very crucial and so helpful. But we also want to uh, think about it through the level of our actions. And, and I think most of us are kind of constantly thinking about this. How can we be more supportive and loving parents? But, you know, knowing like where our kids struggle, we can also work to think about how our actions are coming across um, that they might be reinforcing these lies. And so maybe we could even explain it in some moments. Like maybe it's even some of our actions is just by accident, right? Like, or um, inconvenience, not inconvenience, but, you know, like, for example, we're focusing on their sibling because that sibling needs some help in that moment. And, uh, they get triggered by that feeling like we don't love them. And so we could say, Oh, Hey, but you know, I would love to spend some time with you. Uh, I need to help, you know, your sister with this right now, but I would love some time with you. And so just reinforcing it through explaining through creating space, because we always need to back our words up with our actions. And so, uh, that's just something that we can become more aware of as we get more in tune with our kids pain cycle and, and our kids core feelings. So here is what you can do as you, you know, look at that list and you can begin unpacking, uh, what, or begin learning how to recognize these words. And, and, and even if your kids don't say them, you can, uh, help them use that language, right? Like sometimes I know with happy and sad and all that, we can help, we often help our kids like, oh, you're feeling sad right now, right? 
we can do the same thing with these core feelings, depending on their age, but even a like three-year-old understands a concept of unloved, you know, there's a, most of those on that list, they're going to understand maybe not like abandonment and not going to understand that one, but there's a good amount on there that they're going to understand. And so what we can begin doing is helping them name them or taking these moments where we hear them. And instead of getting into our pain and having a big reaction and thinking like it says something about us or that we're not good enough parents, we actually can just take a pause and be like, okay, this is a really cool moment where I get to lean in and speak into my kid and have a teaching moment even. And so, you know, for me, like in this moment, like I said, I have different ears that hear things differently. It actually made me like pause everything that was happening. And I'm like, okay, whoa, we need to slow down here. We need to actually like go and and speak into this. And so I said, Hey bud, like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Like you you feel unloved. And I really appreciate that you, you voiced that to me. And then, you know, what I'm kind of doing is walking through the four steps and uh, you, you probably need to dive a little deeper into restoration theory to really be able to use the four steps uh, with your kids. But, you know, you can just begin by naming their feelings and, and going from there. But really, you know, the four steps are saying what you feel, say what you would normally do, which is like you're coping and then saying the truth and then saying what you're going to do instead. So it's simple, but you also have to kind of know, you know, some of the, the structure of it. So anyways. I, I said, you know, thanks for sharing that with you. You feel unloved. I named that feeling for him. And then I said, oh, and you know what? It seems like when you feel unloved, it seems like what you often do is uh, you get whiny or you hit. And I don't remember what the specific situation, what happened in it. But you would kind of maybe name what they did and connect it to that feeling that they had and help them understand that uh, that action, that negative action that they did was out of that feeling. And again, it doesn't excuse it, but it helps them see that connection because once we begin to identify kind of the root of our bad behavior, that's like when we can begin to change it, you know, uh, because it's, we can try with all our might to stop being angry and maybe we can find some techniques to help us. But until we get to the core of it and dig up the roots, it's just going to turn into some other kind of destructive coping. Like we've got to dig up the roots. And so helping them attach like, oh, it was this moment that that caused, or I don't want to say caused because they're still responsible for their actions, but is this moment that triggered me to, you know, go to this place where I was acting in a not nice way. So I say, I name the feeling, things are telling me you felt unloved. You know, it seems like when you feel unloved, you know, you uh, often hit or are whiny. And then I go to the truth. So this is the cool part where you get to really speak into your kids and you say, hey, but, but you know, the, the thing is, the truth is actually that you are, are, are very loved. You are so loved and there's absolutely nothing that can ever change that no matter how mean you are, no matter how bad you are, like there is nothing that will ever change that. Like I, me and your daddy love you so much and you can kind of keep going down that hole, right? And you know, God says he loves you no matter what and he, you know, he's always with you. And so you can keep kind of reinforcing that and then you can go to the last step. And with each of these steps, you can dive in as much as you want. You can ask questions, kind of explore. And then the last step is uh, identifying that new action. So then you would say like, so, Hey, bud, what, you know, if you remember that you're loved, like, what could you do? You know, if you're kind of feeling disconnected, you're feeling like no one's there with you, um, instead of hitting and whining, like, what could you do instead? 
and helping him identify what that instead might be, what that new action. And even for a three-year-old, and I don't remember exactly what happened in this situation. It was a few months ago, but I bet you they could come up with like, Hey, you know, I could ask mommy for attention, right? Or I could uh, ask for a hug or I could, I could give you a hug, right? Like there's some basic things that even a three-year-old could identify as something that they could do better uh, or to actually get what they need, right? Because that, that moment of pain, like I'm sure there was probably something that happened that, that hurt them, right? That initial moment, like, you know, uh, before, like if we back up the situation and we'll just pretend, I don't remember, like I said, what happened, but say, you know, my son hit my daughter, which he has not been doing lately. Praise the Lord. Um, but we had a season of it. And, um, so say that happened. So before that hit, there might have been a moment, I'm sure there was a moment where something happened and he felt unloved. Maybe I was trying to cook and I couldn't give him my full attention. Maybe I was uh, short with him or maybe, uh, you know, he hadn't gotten a lot of attention that day or maybe I gave her a lot of attention, like whatever it is. And it doesn't mean that we have to even know exactly that moment because like we're human and, you know, we, we, we can do our best, but we're never going to be perfect. Like we talked about, we're always going to wound our kids. That's something I'm so passionate about helping moms release is like this fear of wounding your kids. Like you're going to wound them. It's okay. Like own it. <laughs> I mean, obviously we want to like, like I talk about heal ourselves and, you know, really allow God to, to do that work in us so we can show up as the best moms, but there's no reason to fear it. Like that is just part of being human and God like in our weakness, he is strong. I have a whole podcast about this. I could go on and on about it, but you need to stop fearing that because it's not, not from God. So there was, but there was a moment of pain that happened. There was some possible hurt that I, uh, did to him, you know, and that was kind of what triggered all of this, but that doesn't mean that I'm responsible, but what I get to show him is that there's going to be these moments. You're going to feel this and you're going to want to do this. Like your normal instinct is reaction is going to be to whine or hit or whatever, and that, that will probably change uh, a little bit as he gets older, obviously, but it'll be in, probably in the same category. Like if he gets angry as a kid, he's going to get angry as an adult, but that is going to happen. But here, the, the thing is, you got to remember, even when those moments happen, because they're going to happen, I'm not going to be a perfect mom. I'm going to mess up. But even when those moments happen, you can't just let that take over. Your job is to choose what God has for you and, and be reminded of the truth because the truth is like I messed up and I was unloving in this moment, but the the actual truth is I always love you. There's nothing you could change. Nothing you could do to change that. Right. And so we're teaching them how to, how to handle that and then what to do instead, because you know, that moment happened where that pain point happened, where I did something unloving And it could also just be the perception of it being unloving, right? Like I was saying, like, it's not that I was trying to ignore him or trying to hurt him, but he perceived it as such. And so then we teach them if that happens, like, here's what you can do about it. Like reach out for a hug. Like, Hey, I always want to give you a hug, you know? And if I'm in the middle of something, I'll give you a hug in just a minute, you know? Um, and if you need some more time with me, like ask for it, like communicate your needs. And so now we're teaching them what they can do about what they're feeling. They don't have to react in this way. But, you know, if if all they know is to get their needs met is to react in that way, it's going to be really hard for them to choose something different because they still have those needs, right? It is our our job to fill up our kids. Like that is part of being a mother is to love them and help protect them. And so 
there are real needs there, but we got to, and we're not always going to be aware of them. We're going to fail at being aware of them at some point because again, we're human. But if we can help our kids learn how to communicate those needs and how to, to reach out for what they do need, that is a game changer for them. So I hope that encourages you with some ideas of how you can respond differently in those moments. And maybe you're not going to go through that whole four steps. Like maybe that's too much for you right now. Um, but maybe even just begin with, um, one, just not allowing yourself to get reactive, reminding yourself that doesn't actually say something about you when they, when they have those moments. Um, and then helping them, you know, work on that, helping them identify the truth about what's happening, name that feeling and identify the truth. Um, and if you want, again, make sure if you love this stuff, you love this, uh, framework, make sure you dive into it more. Like it is such a blessing. It's been the biggest blessing in my life. And I, it's one of the reasons I started this podcast and I'm excited to get to share it with you. So, um, yeah, I would love to hear how this goes for you. Please hop into the Facebook, Facebook group and tell us what that looks like. Did you try it? What happened? I would love to hear. Um, and let me just pray over you. God, I thank you so much for every mama that's listening. God, I thank you that that she is so eager and ready to pour into her kids, God, to, to love on them better, God, and to, to love you more. And so, God, I just pray just a special blessing over her, God, just for her eagerness to, to do this work. And God, I just pray for wisdom, insight, patience, all the things she needs to go into these situations and not get triggered and not uh, just fall into her coping, God, but to help help her be present with her kids and help them kind of rethink how they cope. God, we, we thank you for tools and wisdom that you've given us to, to guide us and uh, help us walk out this healing journey because it's not just a moment oftentimes that we got to do it through a journey. And so we thank you for all these tools, God, that we get to use, Lord. You're so good, God. And I thank you that you've trusted us with these kids. I thank you that you've chosen each of us specifically to be moms to these kids. And you did it for a reason because we're the, the best ones for the job. God, that's such an honor. I don't take that lightly, Lord. And I just thank you for that. You're so good, God, and we just love you and we trust you and uh, just honored by what you've trusted us with. You're so good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Oh,